Hey guys, before we get into today's episode with Mark, I want to encourage you to think about how much you're actually saving right now with your, and this is money that goes from whatever revenue sources you have. It's a W-2, it's rental properties, whatnot, that goes directly to a savings account that you do not touch. Mark and I are going to get into that a little bit, but I want you to be thinking about where you're at in that journey and uh, think about how you can start to contribute more, regardless of what you're doing. Now, if you're doing 30, 40%, you guys are kicking ass and keep doing that. But for most people, and you're going to hear the statistics that Mark talks about, most people are living paycheck to paycheck. And the next biggest chunk are only saving about 5% a year for those rainy day funds for those other things. So I want you to be thinking about that mindset as we get into the action today with Mark. Let's get to work. capitalist. You are addressing the gap between your successful, fulfilling W-2 job and building wealth for your family through real estate investing. You are ready to earn, invest, repeat. Welcome to the W-2 Capitalist Podcast. Now, let's get to work. Here's your host, Jay Helms. Hey, what's up, everybody? My name is Jay Helms. I am the founder of this podcast and movement known as the W2 Capitalist. Today, I'm joined by Mark Willis. Mark is a guy who, and Mark, I should have mentioned this to you earlier, but I'm going to pick on you about your haircut because you and I share the same barber, right? But Mark is, on a, is a man on a mission to help you think differently about your money, your economy, and your future. After graduating with six figures of student loan debt and discovering a way to turn his debt into real wealth, as he watched everybody lose their retirement savings and home equity in 2008, he knew that he needed to find a more predictable way to meet his financial objectives for himself and those of his clients. So Mark is a certified financial planner, a two-time number one best-selling author and host, or should I say co-host of the Not Your Average Financial Podcast. On his podcast, he shares some of his strategies for investing in real estate, paying for college without going broke, man, paying for college without going broke. That's, that's an interesting topic. And creating an income in retirement you won't outlive. Mark works with people who want to grow their wealth in ways that are safe and predictable, become their own source of financing and create a tax-free income in retirement. Before I welcome Mark in the show, I want to encourage everybody that this is, while some of those topics may sound uh, advanced, this is going to be a real estate investing one-on-one discussion, right? Is how can you set it? If this is, I'm going to use Mark and I were chatting about this right before I hit the record button and he used the phrase, I loved it, is it's day one, month one of your real estate investing journey. What do you need to do now to set yourself up to be able to, to build this wealth? So Mark, welcome to the show. Thanks, Jay. Thanks for being, uh, having me on. I appreciate it. Absolutely. He's so uh, that co-host on the podcast just uh, came out. He was like, he almost said, thanks for being on my show. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's the same zoom platform. I just, uh, which side of the fence are we on? Yeah. You guys are doing such a great job. And I think it's, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the mindset of the employee is just a mindset, right? Yeah. So what you're showing folks, and I think your episodes are just awesome because you're saying, hey, you can have the employee paycheck and provide that responsible gift to your family or to yourself, but you can earn, invest, and repeat outside of that day job, uh, your, your uh, extra work, you know, your side hustle becomes your full-time thing yep. uh, with, uh, with the work that you invite people to explore. You know, you don't have Absolutely. to just be a, a card puncher, a, a time puncher, you know, you can reclaim your life financially when you are a W-2 capitalist. So keep up the great work, man. Thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate that endorsement for sure. Um, I did not pay him to say that, but I've got to figure out how to do that for sure. That was, <laughs> that was great. So I want to talk about a couple of things, you know, I'm sitting here looking at your, your one sheet, you, you know, there's, there's four topics here um, that we can dive into. And we talked about a few of them before I hit the record button, but I want to talk about um, creative 
real estate funding solutions, right? And, and keep in mind, and I ask you to help me keep, keep you on course because a lot of times what I do on the podcast is I talk to people who I want to talk to, uh, quite frankly, you know, because of where I'm at in my investing uh, career. And I think today's episode, though, we want to talk to the folks who are just starting. Right. And so help, help keep me honest and say, Jay, that if you have to say, so Jay, that's more an advanced topic. You and I can talk offline or whatnot, but let's talk about getting creative for real estate funding solutions. Because if I'm just now starting out and this is a problem I had, you know, uh, 2014 when we really started actively investing, cause I didn't have capital. Right. I, I had, I didn't think I had capital until I discovered the home equity line of credit that I had. And I, basically bought our first property with that home equity line of credit. But I want to talk about other ways to get creative to, to fund real estate investing for the one-on-one person. So what are some of the ideas that we can do as a brand newbie, right, to, to investing to get creative with that? Well, yeah. Uh, the, 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 I think the topic holds true no matter if it is day one, month one, or you're 20 years in. We all need cash. Cash is the oxygen that lets our business operate. Uh, in fact, I've said before that when you're an employee, your money is your boss. Mm. But when you're the boss, your money is your employee. Love and that. so this is going to be for anybody, wholesalers, flippers, rehabbers, landlords, lien holders, hard money lenders, syndicators, you know, commercial real estate developers, you know, residential and people just dabbling or people, as you mentioned, you know, just getting started. But it always starts with cash. And so how will we use this thing called cash to our advantage rather than other people using us for their advantage? And so I'd say anybody who wants to grow wealth safely and know how important it is to have easy access to capital and anybody who remembers the lessons from the last real estate crash, I think this episode will be for you, whether it's day one or day, you know, a thousand and one, yeah. but we're going to be talking directly to people who are just getting started uh, and what you can do to prepare for and eventually take control of your financial future. So, so let's go there for a minute. Let's just say I'm, I'm an average guy, right? I'm making somewhere around 50 to 75,000 a year. And I want to get into real estate investing because I see what that has done for other people that have been able to do it. But, but how do, how does somebody in that position, right? They're making 50 to 75,000 and they want to get in because they, they've read all the studies. They see this, that more millionaires and more wealth has been built through real estate than any other investment vehicle. But they have that mindset of, well, I work eight to five. I've, I only make 50 to 75,000 a year. I can't get started. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, and you're right. It, this is not just an isolated issue. You know, we all are a part of a giant system that's been going on for generations now. You know, uh, back in 1940, the average American, according to the U.S. Commerce Bureau, saved a third of their income, almost, uh, almost a third. It was a wow. 30%, 30%. And they were servicing debt at 11%. So 11 mm. cents on the dollar was going to debt. Now, fast forward to today, we've upside down flipped that, that, um, that pyramid, right? Now we're saving about 5% of our income as of this year. And we're spending or servicing the, the debt to the tune of 36 cents on the dollar. So that means we're not paying down the debt. We're just servicing that debt at 36 cents on the dollar. So that's a, more than a third of our income just servicing debt. And Jay, this is with low interest rates, right? Yeah, if yeah. low interest rates go high, that's going to become even more burdensome. But just stop and think about that. We all know that you know, as an employee, time is money. You know, you might be paid hourly or on a salary, but your time punching that clock is where the income comes from, right? We're trading time for money. Well, even if we move to being the W-2 capitalist that I want you guys all to be, if you're spending or if you're servicing a debt to the tune of 36 cents on the dollar, if you've got your home mortgage, your real estate properties, your student loans, your car, car loans, your credit cards, if all that, total it all up, if a third of your income, like the average American, is going to debt, that means a third of your day is spent slave to a bank. Mm. What, does that, what does that do to your get up and go-ness in the morning? You know? <laughs> I don't really get motivated to, to serve a bank. You know? and, and Jay, there was a great book that was published a year or two ago called Debt, The First 5,000 Years by uh, wow. David Graeber. 5,000. So banking is a function that's been around for as long as we've had, you know, 
cavemen, basically. Yeah. And it's a great, fantastic title. The book's a little long, but I love the, the concept. The truth of the matter is we're already in the banking business. We're already funneling our cash, that very important oxygen, through somebody else's ventilator. Okay. Mm. And then they'll hand it back to us if we're nice enough. Right. So give, given all that, you know, what could we do to create the biggest change in our financial life with the least amount of effort? There's a great question that was posed by Gary Keller. The, the question is, what's the one thing you can do today such that by doing it, everything else becomes easier or unnecessary? Yeah. I'd like to tweak that question just a bit for today's episode. What's the one thing your money could do for you such that by doing it, everything else in your real estate portfolio and everything else in your other financial goals and objectives becomes easier or unnecessary? Love if that. I can find a small little hinge that swings the big door in my life, everything else becomes easier. So, that. you know, that's sort of the context we're all living in. We have debt up to our eyeballs. So we have to go out and scratch together what savings we can save. We go throw it into riskier and riskier assets. You know, we put more money into our 401ks or uh, more money into riskier investment strategies. And we're trying to keep up with a lifestyle that our grandparents never had to do. You know, they didn't have yeah. smartphones. They didn't have, you know, a car payment uh, that went for six years. So we're all trying to keep up with a lifestyle that's really gone crazy. I, I really call it an insane way to handle our money. And part of the strategy that we offer and uh, work on and specialize in at our firm offers to bring people back to a pathway of financial sanity that looks and sounds a lot like peace of mind, you know, yeah. where you can invest where you want, but still make sure that your financial goals and objectives are met without taking a bunch of unnecessary risk. Yeah. And you, you said something there about the bank will loan you money. Uh, you're talking about how much they will, you know, they're really in control. And I remember, yeah. I still remember the feeling, and this is, this was 20 something years ago. It feels weird to say that, but there's, I wanted a new car. I, I didn't have to be new. I, I just wanted a newer vehicle. And because I was in college, I, you know, I, I drove this truck. My dad still has it today. And, uh, you know, it, it smoked a little bit. It, you know, it wasn't the most appealing thing, but it was a ride. And my, my parents provided it to me. Um, and, but I didn't want it. Right. I wanted something else. I was trying to attract the girls. I thought the, the car was going to be the way to do it. And I went to a bank and I said, hey, you know, because my, I went to this bank that my grandmother opened the account for me when I was five years old. Right? Wow. Yeah. And I, it's the only bank I've ever done business with. And I had put in, you know, eventually you'd put in a mass, what I thought was a big number. Of course I was in college eating ramen noodles and it was, there was 5,000 bucks in there. And I thought, okay, I can use this plus whatever the bank's going to give me, whatever. And then the, I went to the bank and asked them, I said, how much can you guys loan me? And they're like, well, we can loan you $5,000. <laughs> I was like, but I have $5,000 in the bank. What's, yeah. what's they're like, mm -hmm. well, we can loan you what you have in the bank to match it. I was like, well, that's not how I want to do this. You know? Yeah. So needless Fair to game. say, yeah. yeah. And back then I was like, well, all right. So I left that bank, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, I thought yeah. I was something mm -hmm. big, but it, it's funny. The, the thing I, I remember, I mean, it was a bank in Jacksonville, Alabama. I remember it was, you know, I don't even think the, branches there now or it's definitely under a different name but i remember that feeling being so disheartened i thought man i'm walking in here i've got my life together i'm in college got some money in the bank gotta get a new new car and yeah just didn't happen so yeah uh, anyway i didn't get a new vehicle until after i left way after <laughs> i left college but um <laughs> But yet, you're right. There is an insane way. We are in a, in a society where it's the way we handle money is pretty insane, right? And I've got to be careful here because I'm going to get advanced. I want to keep this to, to a one-on-one -on -one level. But how, what is the first step? You know, say, say um, I've never really been taught how to manage money. You know, I don't think that what I'm doing is insane because everybody else is doing it. But then when I look at my bank account, I get really frustrated because I am living paycheck to paycheck. What is the first step, first thing that I need to do to realize, okay, what I'm doing is really insane and there is a better way to do it, right? Right, right. Well, you know, I, I don't claim to know everybody's situation, but I can say this, you know, stop for a moment, even just five minutes, 
if you're going to spend this whole long, beautiful life uh, using this thing called money, and when do we ever not need money yeah. <laughs> in our lifetime, right? So maybe it's worth five minutes of your time to think about how do we solve for the biggest problems or, or opportunities in our life? You know, our kids' college, our debt that we need to pay off, our real estate desires that we have, our objectives for income in the future, our, our business, uh, protecting your wealth for future generations. You know, so asking yourself, you know, where do I want my money to live is a great question to start with. And mm. that start, don't, don't look at labels or names, like don't, don't end with real estate or annuities or savings account or hedge funds or dynastic trusts. Don't go there yet. Go back a little bit. Go to first principles and ask yourself, what sort of characteristics, what sort of attributes would I want my money to have if I could just paint with my own brush, if I could wave a magic wand, if I could be Pope of money for the day, you know, what sort of characteristics would I want to have if I could create my brand new unicorn, a brand new financial vehicle that just had everything I wanted, just start that little wish list, you know, take yeah. five minutes and think that through because, and, and again, don't, don't start with labels. I always tell folks I would much rather to, uh, to have uh, Tiger Woods golf swing than Tiger Woods golf clubs. Mm, you know, it yeah. doesn't matter if I got the right clubs. If I've got the swing, I can do really pretty well with any club I, I can grab a hold of. And the same is true with, with money. You know, if you have your money doing the right function, uh, then you could really use uh, just about any real estate strategy or whatever else you decide to make, you know, wealth happen. So, you know, some that actually kind of takes me down a, a bit of a bit of memory lane I'll quickly mention we my wife and I we graduated from uh, college in 2008 Jay with uh, undergrad and graduate degree and then we we had uh, about six figures at that time in student loan debt and for us that was wow. you know a massive amount of cash 120 grand or so and it was like 900 bucks a month for us that was a big deal because we had no job yeah and, and no <laughs> no awareness of what money was I did not get a degree in finance. And the frustrating um, thing is you can yeah. get a loan for that. Right. And still yeah, not yeah, have yeah. a job. No. Either way, no. either way, it's yeah. a, it's a, uh, it's true. I, yeah. Here's anyway. my piece. Here's my piece of paper. Now, uh, now put me into debt six figures, you know, yeah. uh, for a degree yeah. and no job. Yeah. So a great way to start life for sure. So yeah. we, we, um, we jokingly say I married two women in college. One was my wife and one was Sally Mae. <laughs> you know, so she hung around for way too long. But yeah. we started doing the Dave Ramsey thing. We were throwing money at the debt and doing the snowball method and all that. And it was about halfway through that project that we started asking that question. What do I want my money doing for me? Because we'd throw three grand, two grand, four grand at that cat, at that debt problem every month. We were blowing it up. You know, we were living cheap. We were working side gigs. Yeah. You know, you'd have been proud of us as the W2 capitalists, right? <laughs> um, but uh, we, we never really stopped to say, what is our money doing? When we give money to Sally and her cronies, um, all we get in, a, in exchange is a nice thank you note. You know, thank mm -hmm. you for your payment. Thank you for your payment. And why was a slave to Sally and her, and her cronies? So, you know, we, we started creating a little checklist uh, with the help of people we trusted and cared uh, who cared for us, uh, we started thinking, all right, you know, if we could design the perfect financial instrument to help us with our debt payoff, to buy back our debt, not just pay it off, to actually build real wealth as we pay off our debt, if we could use this same financial vehicle to meet all of our other objectives, what would it look like? How could we create this thing? And so we started making a list. And here was our list, but Jay, I'd love to know if you'd add anything to this. Uh, we wanted easy access to the money, you know, we didn't want to be penalized or taxed or, or whatever if we had an emergency or if we needed to use the cash for real estate or whatever. Uh, we wanted it to be nice and safe where it would be, you know, a third party would be regularly auditing, you know, where my money was. Check that out. I wanted it to be like growing at a competitive rate. I wanted it to be safe and predictable. So I would always know that it was there. Like, you know, the old saying, not just a return on your money, but a return of your money is pretty important. <laughs> yeah. uh, I wanted some tax uh, advantages, like tax-free access to the cash, not getting taxed on it every year, having it tax-free in the future. I wanted it to have no contribution limits. I didn't want to be pinned in by something like the government telling me I can't add more than six grand to my Roth IRA. Roth, yep. uh, for example, yep. You, so you're tracking there. I wanted it also to be nice and flexible where I could like lower that amount if I got into a tight bind. And I wanted it to be able to private where I wouldn't get sued or it wouldn't show up in public courts. I didn't want to have to be like, have 
constantly watching my back if somebody slipped on a banana peel in, one of, in front of one of my rental properties, yeah. decide they wanted to sue me or something like that. So um, those were sort of my checklists. I'm curious, Jay, anything there stand out to you or would you add anything? But you know, a lot of that, a lot of, uh, it's, it's hard for me to add to that list. I mean, it's a pretty inclusive list. The, the, the things that I love, I mean, I love about the, I mean, I love every one of them, really. The flexibility of it, um, the asset protection is probably something I'm focused on right now. You know, is mm-hmm. is and this is not for necessarily newbies, but as I have, we've starting to build some sort of traction in our in our our record. You know, we have to be thinking about that. We have to be thinking about, and we're we're doing all the right stuff. We have you know some LLCs, we have some umbrella insurance policies, but at the you know I've I've. I've seen and read stories where um, even in today's time, some law, uh, not lawyers, some judges, even the, they're recognizing these LLCs as quote unquote, because I don't think mine is, but quote unquote, as a shell for that level of protection. And they're breaking that seal, right? And yeah. so I, this is because of where we are in our journey, this is something that asset protection is something that's really been high on my list of something more that I need to do, you know, and, and then, then there's the whole umbrella insurance policy that we have on all of our properties, including our personal one, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, just in case, mm-hmm. um, that, uh, if you don't have an umbrella insurance policy, if you're listening to this or watching this, by the way, if you're watching this, you almost saw me spill my, I was drinking Coke when you said, be the Pope for the day and paint with your money paintbrush. I almost yeah. spewed Coke. Um, which, by the way, if anybody, this is, this is a running joke now. Um, I need to do this more often, but if I, anybody works at Coke and they want to come on and sponsor the show, let me know. Right. JW2Capitalist.com. Let me know. But yeah, the, 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 where we're at, we definitely need to look at start looking, which is why I was intrigued to talk to you about some of this stuff. But, um, but no, the again going back to who I hope is listening to this is a very real estate investing one on one, right? Is how do I get started, right? You guys eventually created this. Um, here's my ideal scenario where I want my money to be right? But what did you do next? Like what was the next step you took as a young married couple out of college, severely in debt? Um, and, and I imagine this would also work for people who didn't go to college, right? And don't have that same, yeah. same uh, debt structure. But what would be the next step after you figure, figure out where, um, what you want your money to look like? Yeah, I didn't want somebody to tell me, hey, here's your 401k, just set oh, it, forget man. it, and don't think about it. Uh, I, I wanted to actually ask the questions. What do I want? Uh, because I mm. think most most happiness comes from pursuing that desire. Yeah. Uh, if it's a positive desire and a good, healthy thing for you, you know. So that to me was our little wish list. And so when I looked at that list, um, I didn't know much about money. And again, I didn't get a degree in finance, uh, but I did get passionate about money and got so focused on it. I started working for a CPA. I watched in the middle of the 2008, 9, and 10 meltdown, her making calls to clients saying, I'm sorry, Mr. Client, but I just lost you half your life savings. So that was a wake up wow. call. And That's I said, a tough you know, conversation to make and this don't yeah, either end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I dove deep. I said, do I really want to do this financial advisor thing? Uh, and, you know, I ended up finding some strategies as I was going through my CFP um, mm. training and some mentors came to us around the same time to sort of introduce us to some strategies that made a, a full checklist of everything I was looking for. I mean, as you go through the CFP, you, you actually are forced to chew and digest over 400 financial products. And you're supposed to know all this stuff for the exams and the ongoing education. It's an immense mountain of work to do. It took us three, yeah. took us, my wife and I, I should say, uh, three years to get through it. Wow. Um, but, uh, you know, at the end of the day, there was this one financial vehicle that I, I just could not get past. And it was, it was almost, uh, I almost did just walk right by it because of my bias, but I tried to keep my <laughs> labels off of it, right? So, you know, what is it? Um, I, I was able to find a financial vehicle that works better than almost anything else for all of my needs that I needed, the, the list that I gave you there, as well as real estate investing. And it's a massively maximized, modernized form of dividend paying whole life insurance of all yeah. things. Now, I was taken aback by that because again, as a Ramsey Ramsey. Fanboy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was totally like 
you know, arms were crossed, uh, and I was very much uh, actually the gentleman friend and former professor who introduced the idea to me. Um, I I almost shook it off, tried to find out if he was in some sort of scam or something. Uh, so I dug into it, but you know, in, nothing in just like sort those of a, professors uh, and mentors yeah. trying to scam you into That's doing right. wealth. I tried. I dug I into it. it, trying to fix, uh, trying to help this guy out of it. You know. Um, yeah. So what I found in in quick uh, quick summary is. Uh, whole life insurance has been around almost 200 years. Mm. And as long as this country's been around, actually, uh, it's guaranteed to grow and has increased in value every single year since its inception. It has better returns than other you know, uh, cash equivalents or bond funds. Uh, it's never going to wow me with 30% return, but it's always going to have a predictable increase every single year. Um, what I loved about it was a it's a liquid, accessible bucket of money. It's not tying that money up. It's not locking that money up. Uh, of course, it is life insurance, so we're able to see this thing grow and, mm. and uh, then leave to my family in the future. And then yeah. finally, it allows us to become our own source of financing, uh, to be our own banker as we go. Hey guys, real quick, let's take a break from Mark for just a second. And uh, I don't know about you, but I'm loving this conversation. It's going to be one of the few podcasts that I go back and listen to over and over again. But I want to go and and talk to you about our most popular affiliate, DealCheck.io. DealCheck is one of those investment property analysis calculators that it's online, completely cloud-based. They have an app, but it is the best calculator out there to to look at burrs, to look at your flips, to look at your buy and hold, which is what I use for it. As you guys, if you've been listening for a while, you know I'm strictly focused on buy and hold. And Deal Check is the calculator that I use. Now we have an affiliate link on w2capitalist.com slash affiliates. You can see all of our affiliates there. But more importantly, whether you use the link or not, make sure you use the promo code W2CAP at checkout. That's going to give you a 25% additional off. Uh, for that calculator. And the good news is you can sign up for Deal Check just by going to their site and it's free to use initially. You're only going to start paying it for when you need to start unlocking different parts of the, the, the software. So uh, you can use it for a lifetime. I actually never have to pay for it. But if you had to pay for it, make sure you remember to use the promo code W2CAP. Um, the, the part of the calculator that I use for the buy and hold cost about me cost me about five bucks per month, right? Now that's an annual commitment. They do have monthly subscription options, but just want to make sure you're aware of that. But it is one of the best calculators, actually the best calculators that I've used that's that's located in the cloud. So check it out, dealcheck.io. Now let's get back to Mark. You mentioned something there that I, I am skeptical a little bit. I've heard about whole life insurance policies for a while now. I actually admitted to you before we started recording that I signed up for one um, and I cashed it out in 2000. Now I signed up for it. I didn't tell you this. I signed up for it back in 2000, 2001, Mm, right? Because a buddy of mine had just signed up for uh, being a whole life insurance policy and I was trying to help him out. Mm -hmm. And I, I mean, 50 bucks a month. Now I'm still fresh out of college. I'm still, you know, eating ramen noodles kind of thing. And, um, but yeah, I I was donating to 50 and then I found Dave Ramsey and Ramsey's like, get rid of the whole insurance policy. So I cashed it out. And, um, you know, I, I I now, (laughs) yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. Which it it did good. I mean, you know, it was not one that, um, Again, you got to hold these things for a while, but I, I, and I was not putting very much into it every month, Yeah. but it's one of those things where now uh, I'm in that position now. And I believe my friend trying to talk me out of it goes, man, you're going to regret this. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, no, I probably need to call and tell him, Hey, yeah. I regret it. But well, um, you know, not all whole life is created equal. Um, so, and, and I would yeah. say just as a side note, um, you know, pro tip, walk into a bank with a life insurance policy and see how much more they'll loan you. If you mm. really want, because you can use your cash. Go back and watch It's a Wonderful Life. You know, that's exactly what the, yeah. the, the main character does, right? Yeah. Um, I didn't understand that when I first watched the movie years ago. Uh, I was like, how do you lend, lend against a life insurance policy? Like, <laughs> like, you know, I got my health insurance. Here you go, you know, what, yeah. or, or my automobile <laughs> insurance policy. It didn't make sense. And, you know, a lot of people, myself included, only understood term insurance, which is mm. not the same thing. And even old-fashioned whole life, the stuff that Dave Ramsey hates on, 
I agree with Dave because that's old-fashioned, very high commission, low cash value. What we're talking about here is not your father's life insurance. Mm. It's been modernized for massive cash value. You're cutting the commissions down tremendously. Uh, It's a mutual life insurance company that's, in essence, you are an owner of that company. The gains are going to be locked in. Every year you get a, a dividend check, which are not guaranteed. The dividends aren't. But every, every year you get one that's packed right into your guaranteed cash value and helps accelerate how much growth you get in the future. So you get cash value in the first month and the first day of the policy, uh, and it begins to build like a financial management tool right from the start. Uh, yeah. But what I found really interesting about this, Jay, is when I use the policy as a source of capital for my debt payoff or my real estate investing, the policy will continue to grow as if I had not touched a dime of the money. And see, that's the thing. So I was just looking this up. I had uh, Anthony Ornella on and he does a lot. And and he even, I think what triggered me to look that up is um, you said all whole life insurance policies are not created equal. And I think that's something he said too. But I had him on the podcast May of last year. And it's, you know, he started explaining this stuff to me just like you are. And I'm like, I am so skeptical. I'm like, how does yeah. money appear out of thin air? Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm to this point where now, and we're talking about some of the stuff I'm, I'm doing uh, now uh, off air. And I was like, you know what? I know this is the next step I need to take because I am, I am so apprehensive to it. Right. Mm-hmm. It's not that my, it's not that I haven't done my research. I mean, like I said, I had him on a year ago. I used to have a whole life insurance policy. I've been studying, I've been looking at it, I've been reading books and I'm like, ah, I just need to do it. Right. But I'm so yeah, apprehensive yeah. even at this point because it seems too good to be true. Right. Yeah. And that's, let's, let's talk about that. Okay. Cause that's exactly where I was too. Yeah. Um, so one, not all insurance policies will do what I just said. And there are 10,000 whole life agents in the country. Not all of them are CFPs and not all of them are what I, you know, what's referred to as bank on yourself professionals. So you want to work with a bank on yourself professional. What is that? Um, Think of it like this. If you've ever been to the grocery store and you get a all natural granola bar versus a organic granola bar, USDA sealed, right? Granola bar. Which of those two are you certain followed a certain set of steps and guidelines and procedures, (laughs) the organic one, right? So do you want someone who's read a book or two and calls himself an expert? And there are a lot of really good people who've read a book or two and good, honest, full of integrity, but they may or may not know everything that we're talking about on this show. So I would highly recommend working with a bank on yourself professional. It's the only credential and um, uh, training strategy that professionals, financial professionals go through in the country that's been, you know, uh, trademarked and protected to kind of give the general public the assurance that you're getting what you're reading about or listening onto this yeah. podcast about rather than just someone else with a, uh, you know, uh, watching a couple of YouTube videos and then building a policy for you. <laughs> yeah. uh, not saying anything bad about that. Just that's been my experience. I've seen policies grow way too slow or they're losing some of the tax advantages or both. Gotcha. Um, but um, to get to your point, yeah, I was very skeptical too uh, until I remembered this is how every one of us who is a homeowner uh, has our house working for us, right? Mm. Let's say your house is worth, I don't know, let's just say it's worth 400 grand. Zillow calls it 400 grand. Let's say your mortgage is 300 grand. Okay, so 400 grand value of house, 300 grand debt. How much is your house growing on? Is it only growing on mm. 100 grand? Or is it growing on the entire about even the amount you borrowed against, right? You've simply used the the house as collateral for your mortgage. Same is true with HELOCs too. The house is simply used as collateral for your uh, for your mortgage debt, and the same is true with the policy. We're not removing money out of that policy. We're simply using it as collateral from the insurance company that offered you that loan. Now, here's what's cool: unlike a house, the policy grows guaranteed. Houses don't. Yeah, <laughs> you know, as we as we learned in 2008. Also, we control the environment. Back to simple day one. If you control the environment where your money lives, you're going to win every time. If you let a a bank control the environment where your money lives, you're going to lose every time. 
You know, you're going to walk into that bank. Hey, I got 5,000 bucks sitting in your savings account. Okay, great. <laughs> we can loan you 5,000. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. How generous of them. <laughs> wow. Why don't I just and, cash my, uh, cash yeah. my savings out? <laughs> and by the way, did they really have your 5,000 sitting there at the bank? No, nah, no, nah, no. Not, it was not tangible. No, no, no. It was loaned out, loaned out to the guy behind you, you know, <laughs> yeah. coming in with that loan payment. So talk about money out of thin air. You yeah. know, the banks are really the ones that are pulling the fast one on us. Yeah. Um, yeah. The insurance companies are not yeah. allowed to inflate the money supply like that. So I've been, I've been truly re- uh, astounded at the simplicity and the attainability of these policies. You can start these policies day one, month one of your financial journey. I've got folks that are putting a couple hundred bucks a month in. I've got folks called the guy today. He's putting another half a million this year into his wow. policies. So you can wow. be anywhere on that spectrum. It's really your call and where you are right now. We do a financial consultation with folks one-on-one, you know, to see if this is even a good fit for you. But you could use the policy as a source of money, a line of credit to yourself, borrow against it. It continues to grow even on the capital you borrow. You can use that money to fix up your kitchen. You can invest in real estate. You could pay off your student loans. That was what we did. <laughs> yeah. And the policy continues to build and grow wealth. It's, it's uninterrupted compound growth. One of the coolest and most rare places in the universe to find it. Yeah. And, and you know, this is not the first time I've heard this. Uh, I wouldn't call it a pitch, but explanation of what this policy can do. And I'm still sitting here like, man, I, I just... <sighs> How does money create that way? And here's the conclusion I'm coming to. And I hope everybody who's listening to this gets this, gets there a lot faster than I did. Is that I was trained. I went to school, you know, grade school, postgraduate, whatnot. Um, and I was trained to think a certain way. You know, I was taught and trained to think a certain way. And now the the hang up is really my mental capacity because it's uncomfortable for me. And that's why I realized when I come to that realization, I'm like, okay, then I know now this is the way that I need to move. Right. So I, I appreciate I respect that, that greatly. Yeah. No, I, I respect your, your journey there. You know, it, it was a moment when someone told me it was the gentleman, the mentor that kind of showed this to, and he had no skin in the game. He's just a good right. friend. He wasn't running um, a scam. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Uh, he's just a, a professor and a friend and a mentor. Uh, he came up and visited us in Chicago uh, just to see us and say hello. And he shared this idea with us. But what he said to me was, Mark, he looked me right in the eye and he said, Mark, is it possible that Dave Ramsey could be wrong about mm. something? And the scales fell from my eyes. It was sort of like, you know, I hadn't even considered that Dave didn't write the fifth gospel. Uh, so, you know, I had to, I, I had to I, sort of pull yeah. aside there. Yeah. I, I pick on Dave a lot in the podcast and in the yeah. communities and stuff. Yeah. It, but it's funny. I, I had, um, uh, Ken, oh man, the guy, what's that? Ken McElroy or somebody? No, oh, not Ken one McElroy. Of guys? Okay. Uh, one of his other guys on, that talks about you know working your your uh, career, uh, mm-hmm. having your lifelong career, or working working a job that you love basically. And it's Ken horrible. Coleman. Ken Coleman. Thank you for looking that up for me. <laughs> Thank you, Google. Uh, yeah. yeah, I had Ken Coleman on. We talked a little bit. Um, of course, you know, very early on, he said, "Look, I'm not talking about Dave." He goes, "No, no, no I don't expect you to." You know, we're here to talk about how you can succeed at your W two so that you can invest and have a better life, right? And you know, mm-hmm. So, um, awesome. but yeah, you know, I think Dave's principles are good. It's mm-hmm. a, you know, he has these baby steps as you yep. get on your financial journey. I think that is somewhere in the, his baby steps are somewhere in everybody, should be in everybody's baby steps, right? Cause yep. it gives yep. you a more extreme, uh, what was the phrase? I heard a phrase last week is, is Dave Ramsey. Oh man, I wish I could remember this exactly. Um, and who told told me, but it's basically like Dave Ramsey is the guy that's going to get the train back on the track. But once the train's back on the track, you got to go do something else. Right. I don't want my entire life to be walking baby steps. You know, I got a marathon. I got a marathon. Um, but let me, let me kind of, um, I'll, I'll agree with everything you just said, Jay, a hundred percent. You're right. Uh, Dave's changed my life. He helped me get focused on my money. So thank you, Dave, if you're listening. Uh, as if you're thank listening. Thank you, Dave, right? if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm sure he listens, right? I'm sure he listens to your show. I'm uh, sure. But, um, but uh, one thing I will say, 
is there something better than the debt snowball method? That's what he's yeah. famous for. Yeah. What do you have at the end of your debt snowball? You got a bunch of thank you notes, you know, and mm-hmm. you got a big fat goose egg of net worth. And you ran, you, you did that baby step and you worked for years and you're finally at the starting line of your life, except you're not because the gun went off four years ago when you were just getting your life started and it took four years to get debt free or whatever your, your numbers are. Yes. What if you could build real wealth and pay off your debt at the same time? Here's what I mean. I, we call it, and we trademarked it, we call it the debt snow bank method. All right. <laughs> just to kind of poke a little fun there. Um, what if you could be your I own see what banker? you did there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So here's how you do it. Four simple steps. Real simple. Pay your minimums on all your debts. That's what we did to pay off our student loans. You pay your minimums on all your debts. At the same time, you throw all your extra that you possibly can into a bank on yourself designed whole life policy designed the right way. Plow money into those policies, policy or policies over time, that policy is going to grow. Your debt's going to come down slowly and your policy is going to grow fast. So that's step two, pack money into a policy. Step three, borrow against the policy and pay off the debt one at a time or all at once, whatever you're liking there. The policy will continue to build and earn wealth for your future, even as you've taken the loan to wipe out the debt. So now you didn't just pay off the debt, you bought it back. You became yeah. your own banker, bought back that debt. You're better than debt-free. I don't care about being debt-free. Let's get on a radio show and scream, I'm better than debt-free. <laughs> and then step four, you pay the loan back to yourself on your own schedule. You're the banker. So you could skip a payment, pay a couple extra. If you never pay the loan off to the policy, it's just deducted from your death benefit when you pass away. So that's the better than debt-free strategy. We call it the debt snow bank method. We've done a, a bunch of podcast episodes on it, a couple of YouTubes that show some numbers there. But you know, for us and my wife and I, we'll have a couple extra hundred thousand bucks in our future because we paid the debt off this simple way. No extra yeah. money involved. It was just how we paid the debt off. Gotcha. That, that made all the difference. Love it. You said something there that, I, you know, you're talking about the scales came off when you were talking about Ramsey or you know, Ramsey, you didn't say Ramsey disciple, but I'm going to say Ramsey disciple. Fanboy. Uh, yeah. 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 Fanboy. Yeah. That's what it was. Uh, you said something there that uh, a light bulb went off for me when it came to, comes to this. And it's, and I don't think this is what you meant, but the, the reason that you can loan off of that, or you can take that out and it still grows is because they're taking the the underwriter for that policy is taking some risk saying that he's going to be around for a little bit longer right so i light bulb just went off for me oh yeah figure out what to do next with with that light bulb but here's what i want to ask you so uh because we're coming up on time i want to make sure that number one do people know when they hire a certified financial planner right such as yourself who has a focus on um what was the phrase you used? A bank, uh, oh, bank, bank on yourself, on yourself. professional, mm-hmm. right? Does it cost, right? Uh, how do, and how does that engagement start? Yeah. Uh, and number two, if they want to ex- go down the whole life insurance policy, I'm assuming there's a physical that's involved, right? That you've got to do some sort of make sure mm-hmm. that I'm not on my last leg sort of thing before you guys underwrite it. <laughs> so there, there's right. probably some of that happens, but, and this is why I want to, bring that up now 20 years ago when i did my first again we we were talking about different policy uh, i was a lot healthier than i am now right and it's just something that happens with age so the better the earlier is your advice the earlier you start the better right yeah yeah you you bring up some great points there i again i don't recommend everyone just rush out and get one of these especially not from just any old guy or gal who has an insurance license. But even also, if it's it your friend, even if it's, yeah, your, even best if it's friend your friend and they rode, yeah. rode in that <laughs> crappy truck that you had, yeah. it, it, they carpooled you in that crappy mm-hmm. truck you had to college, mm-hmm. even if it was that person. Don't. That's right. Don't exactly. That. <laughs> that sounds oddly specific, Jay. I love it. Yeah, I'm not um, sure where that's going from. But yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, you don't have to be the insured to be the owner of these policies. So if you've had a couple of health issues or too many candles on the birthday cake, you can still own a policy or policies on family members or business partners mm. and still be the controller and owner of the money. 
Um, also, I would say, yeah, uh, it does not cost anything to chat with us. We don't yeah. charge a fee. We can, we're able to, but I, I choose not to. I don't think it's right or fair for you to pay me money until I've actually added value to your life. And here's, here's a question that I've been sort of thinking about toying with lately. Jay, if you had the ability to pay a financial advisor with somebody else's money, <laughs> all right, and because of your actions, you became financially independent guarantee would you do that yeah of course yeah i mean how many people are spending on your 401k at work uh fees investment advice asset center management fee what is asset center management it's your assets under their management yeah that's what assets so and you're paying them to give them your money how about that right uh with insurance we we don't charge a a fee for you to have a consultation with us we do a one-on-one advisory phone call just kind of get to know each other zoom call whatever uh, and then if it looks like it'll be a good fit, if this strategy or another strategy is a good fit for you, I, uh, I or one of my advisors would crunch the numbers black and white. Here's exactly what it costs. The payment to our business would come from the insurance company, not from your pocket. You don't mm. charge, we don't charge you. We don't send you a bill. We don't send you an invoice. The commissions would go, come directly from the insurance company and all that would be disclosed to you before you sign up. And the guarantees of the cash value would be uh, just as prevalent as well. So that yeah. that kind of, for me, um, I've noticed on average we cost, the, we get paid about one tenth as much as what the investment advisor would down the street. Mm. I was sort of joking with someone. Remember that movie Wolf of Wall Street? Oh yeah, came out yeah. a few years ago. I didn't notice a wolf of insurance anywhere <laughs> in that movie. They're not making a ton of money here, you know. <laughs> And they're uh, also not doing highly illegal right, uh, exactly. stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, at least so, we hope, right? No, yeah, it's, exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, Martin yeah. Willis, the Wolf of Insurance. Yeah. Of insurance. No, that's don't that's make that good, the title of this episode. All right, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> but no, it's it's uh, a it's a uh, affordable. And I think fair, there's an insurance cost to these policies. They're not going to be positive growth in the first year. You're covering an insurance expense. Right. But going in going in to this as a long game strategy, you're going to find uh, power in uninterrupted compound growth and liquid cash for your real estate or for your kid's college or anything else you might want to use the money for. So how do I, because I'm about to go do this, how do I go and schedule something with you? What's, and, and is that the same as, as the best way to connect with you? Yeah, uh, head over to growmorewealth.com, growmorewealth.com. Fill out the form there and just say hello and and, uh, we'll happily connect you with me or one of my advisors and colleagues that I work with. Uh, That's growmorewealth.com. If you want to date us first, go to notyouraveragefinancialpodcast.com. Perfect. And when I get to growyourwealth.com, then I just click on request your yep. free analysis. Is that? Yep. Uh huh. Grow. It's uh, growmorewealth.com and then just grow click, more uh, wealth. Yeah. Yeah. Whose side am I on? It has your, oh, I didn't say grow more wealth. Oh, yeah. I right typed on. in grow more wealth and then said the cool. wrong thing. Sorry. Cool. All right. I'm okay. doing this now. I'm, uh, I'm going to talk to you or one of your uh, people there because, like I said, this is something I've been entertaining for a while and I know it's something I need to do. And, and we're getting to the point where, we should have done it years ago. So if you're listening or watching, this is my plea to you is don't wait five years down the road, you know, right now. And I want to get your opinion on this as well, uh, Mark, before we leave, but right now there is some craziness going on with the economy, with COVID, with you know, the market, when I say market, the real estate market, <clears throat> I don't do a whole lot with stocks. So I'm staying away from that but there's some craziness going on. And if there's anything in in a video I released last week on the YouTube channel was, you know, now is not the time to invest. Now is the time to really sharpen your axe and learn how and what, right? How and what you can do. So I think this is, and this is why this is big on my radar right now is because I need something to do to fill that time spot. Because if I don't, I'm going to go out and find a deal that I'm going to incorrectly justify in my head. So I've got to, I need, this is the time for me to get this in place. So I'm going to go schedule some time with you and, and, um, and see what the next step is. Yeah, you're, you're right, man. Um, the two quotes, I guess quickly, uh, yeah, the life is like a roll of toilet paper. The more you use it, the faster it goes. So act, (laughs) act now while you can. And then uh, that's going to be the title of the episode right there. (laughs) Right on. Yeah. We're keeping it classy here. And then, uh, um, yeah, sharpen that ax. Take, uh, if you're going to have six hours to chop down a tree, 
five of those hours, just sharpen that axe. You know, make it as sharp as you can. Yeah. Um, so someone way smarter than me said that. So yeah, go get it. Enjoy it, guys. Uh, thank you very much, Jay, for the oh, opportunity thank you. to be on your show. I've I've learned a lot. I, I I'm glad that we focused on the you know the, the listener being a real estate 101 or wealth builder 101 because. Um, when it comes to this stuff, that's where I still am. Right. So it was good. Um, hey, we, we all can learn, you know, if you ever yeah. feel like you've arrived, mm-hmm. we've, we've headed down the wrong path, you know? Yeah. Uh, so always continue learning. Yep. So thank you, Mark. Uh, again, Mark Willis with growmorewealth.com. You can also listen to his podcast at nyafinancialpodcast.com. Mark, thank you very much, sir. We will talk again soon. Thanks, Jay. Guys, some amazing stuff with Mark. I appreciate his time and, and just being able to come and, and talk talk with me through this. He is the third or fourth person I've had this conversation with. So I know it's just now time to, to do that and dive in. And I've already booked some time on his calendar for July 15th. So we're recording this uh, July 8th. And uh, so the, the first availability that worked for me was a week from today. And uh, yeah, so I uh, if you watch the YouTube, I, I, I brag about uh, having access to his direct calendar, which uh, I guess is a privilege of a podcast host, but I want to encourage you to go to his site, growmorewealth.com and, and get a 15 minute consult with him or one of his, one of his peeps to talk about what you need to do to get started with this type of banking for yourself. All right. Also, since you've been listening to this entire podcast, uh, I want to reward you. I want to reward you with uh, 15% off all the W2 Capitalist swag. So if you go to w2capitalist.com forward slash shop, or just go to w2capitalist.com and click on the store button. Again, I don't know why we didn't use the same uh, terminology there, but it's the way it's set up. Insert the word podcast into into your cart there when you get ready to check out and you're going to receive 15% off all of our hats, t-shirts, everything that's in the cart. It's going to get 15% off. So w2capitalist.com slash shop and use the promo code podcast.